This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. We're joined today by our Ringer Dish brethren, our sister in, a, in entertainment uh, coverage, Kate Hallowell of Tea Time. Usually Hello. on Fridays here on Tuesday. Hi, Kate. Just absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining us. I, I haven't potted with you in a while. It's been a minute. Feels great. How are you? I'm so good, you guys. I'm okay. Everyone's okay. You know. <laughs> Um, we've gathered here today to discuss the 2020 Video Music Awards, which I just want to talk. I don't, Amanda can attest. I don't usually like to do this, at least on the podcast. I just want to talk about our personal relationship to the Video Music Awards. Amanda, <laughs> Amanda, what's yours? Are you saying that we don't talk about our personal relationship to the VMAs or personal relationships to things? Because um, I, I just want to say that's what this podcast do. is about. I know. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, and we on. also talk about the VMAs. My relationship to the VMAs is that I am a child of the 90s and the 2000s and many of the major pop cultural events uh, featuring pop stars of my life happened at the VMAs or I think they happened at the VMAs. Like Britney with the snake. That was the VMAs, correct? Yes, that's correct. Right. And um, I think also was Taylor Swift and Kanye West and I'm going to let you finish. That was yes. the VMAs. Yes, yeah. obviously. Okay, right. I think that was uh, the year that she performed on the subway. Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, what What else? Things you could do then and you can't do now. Right. Um, and, you know, my the Miley Cyrus incident, which I can't say was like the most significant pop cultural moment of my life, but was definitely of my personal life, but was like certainly a big moment. And one of the first times, well, not one of the first times, but like one of many times when the VMA started like a much larger conversation about sociological issues. And in this case, cultural appropriation. Um, So it has always played like a, a center role in my music or pop music experience. And I think this is a good time to say that this year I didn't actually watch the VMAs. Julia, did you watch <laughs> the VMAs live? No. I okay. um I watched the Rain on Me performance on YouTube. 
Mm-hmm. Like um, they posted it right away. They didn't even wait for the show to be over. They just posted it right away. And then after that, I did about two hours of mid 10, 2010s pop music YouTube, um, which was really fun. And like my main takeaway is that Rihanna is incredible and I miss Rihanna the singer. So no, I did not. Kate, did you watch it? I did watch. I had to write about it for our website, theringer.com. And honestly, that's why I watched you know, I try to be dialed in, but I'm also the type to just like pull it up on YouTube the next day. Well, but you're, you're, um, a, I think a different generation than Amanda or I. So I'm curious if you care about the VMAs as a concept in general. I care about sort of, I have FOMO if I'm not watching, I would say. And I think that's true of like people who are on social media. So I guess I would say I care about what people are saying about the VMAs more than I care about what happens at the VMAs. Okay. I have FOMO. I would have had FOMO if I didn't watch the VMAs and didn't know what was happening at the VMAs and didn't know what people were saying about the VMAs, um, which I guess we can talk about happened less this year because less happened at the VMAs. But I would say for my generation, it's more about knowing what happened than actually being like, oh, I watched that performance and it was great. You know? Yeah. So it's just like, it's not the same annual watershed moment, which we knew, but like yeah. the 9999 VMAs is like definitely one of the most important moments of my um, teenage years, perhaps of my life. Like that was just, that was at Lincoln Center. That was when NSYNC and Britney performed together. That was the year that Little Kim's uh, breast was uh, on Front Street for all to see. A classic um, moment. Oh, right. Important. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was just, it was uh, the Backstreet Boys performed Larger Than Life. It was just really, that was a huge show. And then, and like Amanda listed all those other like big moments, like it used to really matter. And I'm curious, like, how did they try to make this matter to the TikTok generation? Like, what were some of the techniques? I'm going to be honest. They didn't really. I think the focus was like putting on a show that happens, that people perform at, that can be broadcasted from somewhere besides James Corden's garage or Taylor Swift's (laughs) living room which is where entertainment has come from for the past six months. So I think it was the feat in and of itself that they managed to put on an award show that looked like an award show. Kate, I have a number of logistical questions. The first one is, how did you, Kate Halliwell, watch the VMAs? I sat on my couch and I watched it on a television on a channel called MTV, uh, which is not (laughs) how I usually consume entertainment. I'll be honest with you, but that is what I did. Okay, so you did the linear broadcast. I did. And and can you explain to people who maybe didn't watch it all or watch some videos on YouTube, which for the record, I did. I didn't show up to this completely unprepared. <laughs> I have respect for everybody and also the VMAs. But like, what was the run of show? Where were they? How much of it was, you know, pre-taped? How much of it was, was anybody in a room together? How did this work? It appears that no one was in a room together and almost all of it was pre-taped, if not everything. They tried to make it look live, but it wasn't. I could, I've been trying to find out if any of it was live and I genuinely don't know that any of it was. I don't think Um, anything was. I think it was all pre-taped. But just based on watching it, how well it was edited together and how it played out, I don't think it was. All the winners knew in advance that they won. They already had pre-taped their acceptance speeches, pre-taped their... Uh, performances at different places, whether in New York, in front of a green screen in LA, if you're Miley Cyrus, in front of a green screen in Korea, if you're BTS. And some people sent in their acceptance speeches, like Taylor, a couple others. Um, The Weeknd, for example, who won Video of the Year, he was in his performance costume when he accepted twice. So clearly he just did his performance and then 
taped his acceptance <laughs> that looked like he was in the room. Efficiency. Effic- genuinely, it was efficient. It was an efficient show. It was entertaining to a certain extent. It wasn't awkward. Nothing went wrong, really. Uh, but it didn't have the spontaneity that you want from the VMAs. I, I watched the weekend's performance. And I just want to talk about the weekend for a moment. Um, sure. Who Amanda has famously called an emotional terrorist, I believe. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I'm just based, that's based on the lyrics. I don't know the weekend. <laughs> we haven't met. I did actually see him once. I believe he w- was on a date with Selena Bella. Gomez. He dated oh. Selena Gomez, right? Yeah. Yeah. Briefly? yeah. Yeah. I saw them at a sushi restaurant once. And that was like, honestly, the biggest star signing of my entire life. That's and a also good then, one. <laughs> I know. And then I never went to that sushi restaurant again because it was just prohibitively expensive, but good for them. Uh, I just find his music to not be the kind of messaging that I'm looking for in my love life. Well. <laughs> I just think that blinding, blinding lights, that's the name of the song, right? Yeah. That's like a major TikTok jam. So I just feel like right right there, making that video of the year is like a TikTok play. There were TikTok stars. I I say in attendance that presented. The only people that Mm -hmm. were in attendance were presenters and they weren't in attendance. They they filmed their their acceptance or their presentation and then they left. Um, And then the whole audience was CGI. The applause was CGI. The laugh track was CGI. Um, but yeah, I think to a certain extent it was for the TikTok crowd, but like, what isn't these days? Like I, it was for anyone watching that has listened to music, I guess, but I, I don't know. It wasn't, I didn't think it was overtly like for the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So when, when I was watching Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, I was just sort of like excited that, that like a live spectacle was happening. So like, yes. I, I just think like in general, I was like happy to have the VMAs. Literally, yes, that was my reaction. I guess I I had a lovely Sunday evening watching all of these extremely high quality performances that we haven't seen in forever. And I logged on and everyone was like, these suck, like the VMAs are supposed to be fun and crazy. And I had a good time. I thought the performances were great. I liked that they were edited and they were perfect and nobody missed a note and we could fix things in post. I don't know, I, I just love a good performance. I like that we we got them for the first time in forever. Yeah, Kate, I thought it was an interesting point in your piece that they were like, quote, good. They seemed well produced. And Julian and I have been talking so much, and I'm sure you feel the same way of just like missing production values. Mm -hmm. And definitely in the YouTube videos that I watched, they were clearly, you know, they were on sets and there was like there was lighting and people were really trying. And it was nice to have that production value back. But as you pointed out, Kate, it's also like the VMAs are not supposed to be about production value. Like the VMAs are, I mean, they are really well produced and always have been, but they have been produced to uh, create chaos and to create things going wrong and to create like all the infamous moments that I just listed, which were our like VMAs history, because things are supposed to kind of like go off the tracks a bit. So you know, in a lot of ways, I guess that's just like another reflection of 2020 that, you know, things are different, believe it or not. <laughs> things are already off the tracks. <laughs> yeah, totally. A hundred percent. And they're just like doing the best they can. But yeah. I do also think it's like an interesting way to talk about, they clearly didn't want anything to go off the tracks at all. And like what they wanted to happen, I'm not really clear of because I don't, know how many people like you watched it in a linear way. And it seems like really what they tried to do is create a bunch of like discrete high production value, like videos or clips that would then circulate on the platform of your choice, including TikTok, as Juliet pointed out. Yeah, I think that's true. I think genuinely they were just like, we're going to put on an award show 
and we're mm. going to be the first ones to try and we just have to put on an award show, <laughs> you know? And, and I, I think that was enough. And I think they did that really well. Yeah. I think they did too. I thought I was impressed. I was like, also, I was like, how do they do this? Which I think is usually a good sign when you can't see the seams, but you, but in this case, obviously we know they're there. So you're just trying to figure it out. But, um, I, who was like the most, who was like the most impressive get in your guys's opinion for the VMAs? I mean, it was Lady Gaga's show. Hmm. Yeah. So let me just ask about Lady Gaga because she she was wearing different masks throughout. And I think she said something to the effect of like, I have been wearing face coverings my whole life. I've been preparing yes. for this. But you know what? I appreciate it. Lady Gaga supporting. Very true. Yeah, yeah. True. And supporting public health and safety. But like, did she make her own acceptance podium? Because all of the photographs I saw of her accepting the various awards, awards in the various masks, like it looked like she was at like a VMA's podium of one. So I think they did like sort of change things for her because she won like five words. She came out in a different costume every time. And literally, obviously, she was just coming out, saying her speech, going back, changing, coming out, saying the next speech, going back, changing. Okay. So she could do it all at once. You know what I mean? Okay. And I think that was very clearly what happened. Um, okay. Yeah. She's an actress now, so she knows how to do those, that kind right. of thing. <laughs> yeah. Dua Lipa reportedly did not perform because she wasn't nominated for anything. And I wonder if they were just like, if we get, I mean, obviously the VMAs are partially determined by who they can get to attend and be a part of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's never been more clear to me that that is the case. <laughs> and that's always been the case like that. I'm yeah. fine with it. Like, that's just like how some of these award shows go. But I also think that like Lady Gaga had a really crappy album release. Like she had the false start because of COVID and then it came out. And then there's just been a lot of big albums. They're not big, but a lot of bit like musical moments since then, including Taylor Swift, which really kind of like everyone who was like, fuck it, I'm releasing my album. Like Haim and the Dixie Chicks and whomever then got like blown out of the water by this Taylor Swift indie record that I am still have evolving feelings about every day. <laughs> and I felt like Lady Gaga kind of needed this. Yeah, I agree. I also, you know, I liked that it was a Lady Gaga show. I liked that we kind of got to like sit with Chromatica for 10 minutes and be like, this was great. This is a good Lady Gaga era. We love her. We're proud of her. Um, But I did miss, first of all, I was pissed that Dua Lipa didn't perform. It's the year of disco. She ushered it in and I would have liked to see it. Um, But I also think like in a regular year, like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion would have been the queens of this show. And they just like didn't get the chance to do that. And I think that was the missed opportunity. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lady Gaga's fine. I'll take again. I'll take what we can get. But there were definitely some things that that looking back, I wish we could have focused more on. Did you miss the audience at all? Yes, I missed the reaction shots. You know, I missed the fact that like we couldn't look and see how Taylor Swift was dancing to whoever was on stage, or it was just so uninterrupted, and like you just didn't get how anyone felt about anything. <laughs> Um, and you know, those are the things that go viral too. You know what I mean? Like there were no gifts, there were no reaction memes. There was no one on Twitter, like analyzing, you know, the way that someone sang along to someone or the fact that Lizzo had a flask in the audience. Like there's just none of that. And that's just like, so inherently like 2020, how 2020 reacts to shows like this, that I thought that was missing. And that's just the social media interaction altogether was just like, everyone was like, Oh, that was a good performance on to the next, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think also like, like you're saying, like a lot of the fun is like seeing which friends are hanging out together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I miss famous friends being friends together. You just get couples now. Yeah. It was just the, the sort of human element, which just sounds dumb to say, but I think that was really missing from it. 
as well. The celebrity element too. We didn't get really get a red carpet. They took pictures of presenters on a carpet and then tweeted them out and had socially distanced interviews. And it was just like, there wasn't anything that you could really interact with beyond the performances. I mean, kind of sad, but you know what? I'm, I'm hashtag grateful. I, I am. I had a good time and that's all I wanted from it. And I, you know, I feel good about musical award shows going forward. I feel like they can pull it off. I don't know how the non-musical award shows are going to do it. That's what I was going to ask because I think I, I'm glad you guys were grateful and I enjoyed what I watched. But like I watch awards shows to watch all the famous people in a room together interacting. Right. And that seems really hard to achieve. And things like the Emmys or the Golden Globes or the Oscars, like, God, I hope they don't have all musical performances. I hate every single musical performance of the Oscars. Every single time, I'm just like, why are we doing this? But I don't know what else you do. Like, Kate, what was the filler? Yeah, Kiki Palmer was a great host. Mm. She had some jokes. She had some sketches. I thought she really did a great job. She's just like the cheeriest person. And if you have to put someone in an empty room and be like, cheer, you know, be charming to this empty room, I, I think she did the best job that she could have. But yeah, I there it was all musical performances and then it was presenters and acceptance speeches that were pre-taped by people who already knew they'd won. And like, we don't want that from the Emmys no. or the Oscars. We don't want people to already know and be filming acceptances from their living rooms. Like, I don't know how they're going to do it. I still don't know. I'm curious what the Emmys are going to do. I don't I don't understand. It'll be super boring. Like, just get, give me a list of winners. I don't I don't need to watch it if it's not like all in the same room. Yeah, I guess maybe get the nominees in a room somehow and just spread them out like at different tables or something. I really don't know. Yeah, I think for the Emmys, they've said that they I mean, they're doing things from home, but I believe right. they're sending like a lot of camera crews and they're like they're conscious of like the production values, both, you know, for us at home, but also because like people who are nominated for and winning awards, like don't want to look like garbage on TV yeah. because they're filming in their home, which I'm really sympathetic to as a person who has tried and failed that Tom Ford lighting <laughs> trick on my home for six months. Now I put the lamp behind the computer and it just doesn't work. Okay. I, maybe it's me. You but, look great, Amanda. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate it. But so I guess, you know, they're going to try something distance. And on the one hand, like, I, I appreciate people taking this seriously. Like, I yes. think it's really, I, I do not think that you can put a group of like rich, famous people in a room together and no. celebrate the fact that they were good in costumes on TVs and movie shows right now. And Agreed. then ask like normal people to make sacrifices in terms of how they're living their lives. So you can't do it. I know that. But I am also like a frivolous person who like really looks forward to it and is going to miss it. Right. There was a lot of debate about whether this was like irresponsible to the crew and to the people filming. And Kiki Palmer was like, I took 20 COVID tests over the course of hosting this show and recording things. And I think there is something to be said for like the celebrities think that COVID isn't affecting them right now and like think yeah. it's over for them and for right. rich people. And that's not great. And that's not true. But, you know, I again, also as a consumer really appreciated like a very finished product. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult line right now obviously. I just think with the Emmys, most of the people will be in LA. So like just get different designated giant front yards. So like there's a the succession house <laughs> and there's the Watchmen house and there's the marvelous Mrs. Maisel house. And like, you just go a lot and it's like kind of like the golden globes, but instead of it being tables of people, it's like, what yard are you in socially distanced? It's COVID and, clusters. Instead yeah, of tables. COVID clusters. yeah. I think nice. this is a great idea. And presumably also, you know, a lot of them are already in production together yeah. and like maintaining some of the, yeah, great idea. I would love that. That is because then you then you get the reaction shots like, you know, the parasite 
people like watching yes. the TV, realizing they won at like a different award show. Like you could still yes. get that surprise reaction as long as some people are together. And you get real estate. Yes. And you get real go. estate. Um, yeah. Kate, I'm really glad you brought up Parasite because I realized that's one of the last good things to happen in the world was Parasite winning the Oscars. Correct. Great stuff. Great stuff. What a happy memory. Um, Kate, thank you so much for joining us for this award show talk. If you want to hear more from Kate, check her out on Friday. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reels always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, Amanda, let's move on to probably the most pressing issue to anyone anywhere. Brad Pitt has a girlfriend and she's a French model who is in an ethically non-monogamous marriage. And her name is Nicole. They were in France hanging out at Chateau Miraval. She's German, not French, excuse me. I was yeah, I was going to say is she French or is she German? They have she's been German. in France. Yes, she's and they German. Were, and we found out about this because they were photographed uh arriving via private jet in France, which Juliet as you pointed out earlier, just like how does Brad Pitt get to go to France? Like how I'm are we doing? I'm fucking jealous. This? I'm fucking jealous. He went to the, right. he went they arrived in Paris. They went to the south of France and they went to Chateau Miraval. I mean like does life get better than that? Right. So I don't know anything. And I also would just like to go to France. My best guess as to how he's allowed to do this is that I think they still own Chateau Miraval because uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's divorce is not yet final. So they have not been able to divide the assets. By the way, Chateau Miraval is where they make Miraval Rosé, which is available in many grocery stores across America and is pretty good, I think. Um, but so if he's a homeowner in France... Does that help at all with some of the travel restrictions? Probably. Not being a homeowner in France or anywhere in Europe, I don't know. So, Me neither. Me yeah. neither. 
I don't know. It's that's a good question. Uh, they were photographed together and now a lot has come out and my favorite, not my favorite, but I think the, one of the, my top points of interest is remember the photos of Brad Pitt and Alia Shockett from yes. November. Yeah. Those, those have been resurfaced because it's actually three people in those photos. It's not just Brad Pitt and Alia Shockett. It's Brad Pitt, Alia Shockett and Brad Pitt's girlfriend, Nicole. Um, yes. And so it seems they've actually been together for quite some time, including award season. From, through which Brad Pitt was the star. And there's just a lot. It's sort of like the end of a Christopher Nolan movie where you have to go back and think <laughs> about all of these key points. It's like, what did you not see in that moment? What were you not paying attention to? So you can't watch Tenet here in America, but hey, you got this Brad Pitt saga. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And it does feel like that happened very quickly because those photographs resurfaced and everyone was like, we were blind. And then yeah. like they've been together for nine months. And then that led to like a second wave of examination of Brad Pitt's uh, current relationship, which involves Nicole's husband, who is Roland. a Roland, yeah. Roland, who is a German restaurateur who is uh, closer in to age to Brad Pitt than to Nicole, shall we put it that way? Yes, that's that's correct. And so I, the internet like went nuts and was just like, oh my God, Brad Pitt's girlfriend is married, the intrigue. And, you know, since then the Daily Mail, which I still read, even though I know it's bad for me, I'm a bad person, uh, like finds a friend of Roland's who, and is interviewing <laughs> him about like Roland's philosophical outlook. I, I mean, people went round the bend, which I understand because it's very exciting news. But I have to say, I feel that the obsession over the marital status of Nicole is like a is a bit provincial. Everyone needs to calm down. She is a European model and they and is clearly having like a different understanding of marriage than we see in, you know, sitcoms on um, on Disney <laughs> or Disney Plus or whatever. And that's fine. Guys, I think it's probably okay. These are three jet set people who have probably worked out their sex lives. I believe that Brad Pitt met Nicole at Roland's restaurants that uh, while doing press for once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. So, I love that we're on first name basis with Roland at this point. His name is Roland Mary. I don't know how to say that with a French accent or with a German accent. And her name <laughs> is Nicole, Nicole Poterowski, which is probably like Polish descent or, or Russian descent or something. In fact, she looks like Irina shake to me, not Angelina Jolie. Um, I just, I, I don't want to attempt to say their names with any European accents because I'll sound so stupid. So I'm just going with Roland and, and Nicole, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that eth- as the people say these days, ethnically non-monogamous marriages are more common, probably particularly among like models and actors than, than people talk about. I don't know. Why do we, you're right. Why do we have to be so conventional with how we think about relationships? If everyone's okay with it, who cares? Also, by the way, Brad Pitt technically still married. So yeah. no one's freaking out about that. I, like, who knows what the arrangement is between this, like, model, by which I mean a very beautiful uh, German woman who is married to, like, a, a restaurateur, and he just looks cool. Honestly, the photos I've seen of him, I don't know whether he's actually wearing a scarf, but, like, emotionally and vibe-wise, my guy is just wearing a scarf, and he's a very cool European gentleman. And I have a feeling... That between the three of them, I don't know. I I don't think it's like she's been exposed. Do you know what I mean? And that's kind of yeah. what the the tenor of the conversation um, felt like. But I 
I agree with you. I, and, and I wish them well. And I think as long as it's okay with the three of them, it's great by me. And it's some great content. Can, I, can we talk about some follow-up content to these yes. uh, revelations that happened? Of because course. I believe the photographs surfaced on a Tuesday, maybe a Monday night. You know, this is an international experience at this point. So it kind of depends on your time zone. They uh, uh, surfaced early in the week. People put it all together. And I swear to God, 24 hours later, Angelina Jolie was photographed with all six children at Nobu Malibu. Nobu. Yes. Which, just let me tell you, geographically speaking, is at least an hour from her home, even in lesser COVID traffic. She has been photographed within like a mile to two mile radius, as best I can tell, of of her home all throughout lockdown. Um, This news breaks. And 24 hours later, she is in the number one paparazzi reliable restaurant in Los Angeles being photographed with all six children. It's tremendous. Sucks for the kids. Why do the kids have to be a part of it? You know, Angela and Jolie just go on a date to Nobu. Why do you have to bring all of, all of the brood unless they wanted to go? I don't know. I have to say they probably... I don't want to choose a side between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie because I don't want to like be a anti anti woman, but I don't think either of them seems like I want to be on their side. In this case, Angelina Jolie though she just seems like a pill. Brad Pitt seems dopey. I yeah I think there's that thing that people always say about Angelina Jolie is that she doesn't have a lot of like known female friends, you know, in the way uh-huh. that other celebrities you kind of know the nexus, and even if that's just like completely for show like people make a point of being like this is my bff and i've always found that like a pretty reductive assessment of female friendship and also individuals and like totally it's kind of like i thought that was unfair but she does have this aura of not being like she's kind of isolated you know she has like her six children and she doesn't have like many other people so i do get it i will also say like my most cynical thing um that all of this happened about a week after yet another tabloid update about the status of their divorce case. Um, And they exchanged things via lawyers in the documents, which then meant by the press, which, you know, is one of the really unfair, tough things about being a celebrity is that all your divorce stuff gets really splashed out in public. Um, Though they seem to be aware of it and using it, but it seems like it was a slightly acrimonious part yeah. of the of the process and so if he's being photographed in France and then she is suddenly photographed with the six children you have to wonder whether there's like a strategic element to that which which is ungenerous to say but it did cross my mind again I am not Angelina Jolie and I have I'm not her lawyer either so I don't know is there any way they act and co- they they coordinate this stuff they're both like let's get the attention off our divorce and let's get it on other stuff I mean, it could be, I, I would be surprised. Like, I do think that yes, to some extent, they're like very aware of the role that the press plays in their lives. I mean, at some point by necessity, they've had to be for a very long time, but they both seem to know kind of what's going on and how to be able to manipulate it, albeit in different ways. It doesn't seem to me like Brad Pitt meant to get photographed in France. Yeah, Um, agreed. I mean, that just seems like strategically not a great look because as you, as we pointed out and we were joking about, like, it's very hard to travel right now because we are in the midst of an international pandemic. But like, how did he get to France? And he's in France right now while most people are just like struggling to stay healthy and keep their jobs. That's not, I, 
don't know. It's not number one on the terms of celebrity PR. So I have a hard time imagining that he was like, yeah, it's a good idea for me to do this. And then you do this thing. But I think everything since has been certainly strategic. Yeah. Very coordinated. Very coordinated. Um, Lainey Gossip made a point about how it kind of sucks that Brad Pitt took um, his new girlfriend to Chateau Miraval, which like used to be their, their family home. Um, it's where they got married. I think. Yes. It's where they got married with the dress that the kids drew on, which I just remembered that. Remember when the kids just like drew on the wedding dress and then it was in hello, but that was the thing. Also, they sold those photographs to all yeah. the, the tabloids. Yeah. Really different, really different time. Anyway, really different time. And I thought that was a, I'm not sure. I think it's like a good point. It's a point. It's just like something worth considering. I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to be like a, a, a unabashed Brad Pitt fan and like have a crush on him. And then like also having to be like litigating his, his divorce, which like no one asked me to litigate his divorce, but this is what <laughs> we do here. I don't know. It's just, there's so many conflicting feelings going through an actual divorce must be really hard. I can't imagine. Yes. And it's been going on for four years now. So, and, you know, and there are children involved and obviously it started from like very difficult circumstances. I think they've all talked a little bit about that. He, he was going through a lot and struggling with, um, some substances and other issues. Um, so it's, it's very tough. They, yeah. they now seem to be in the, like, we're arguing about, you know, property and like where the, not even where we can live so that the other person can have visitation and that sort of thing, which is important because custody is important, but you know, it's like also like, which of my five houses am I going to live at? Which like, yeah. okay. Um, here's how I'm processing it. Okay. Kay. Just like justice and support for Nicole. Mm. All right. Nicole is just a, a woman, a professional young woman who has her own personal relationships with her much older husband and now is getting to date Brad Pitt and she got (laughs) pulled into this. And then she like has to go on vacation at some other, like his house with some other woman. I don't know. I feel like if I were Nicole, it's not what I personally would want. On the other hand, hard to find that many like Provençal French Riviera, like vacations that are available to you during a pandemic. And this presumably like was a pretty luke and socially distanced one. So if Nicole's okay, I'm okay. That's where I am with it. All right. That's a, that's a good position to be in. And if her husband's okay, then we're all okay. If everyone signed off on this, let's all just move forward with support and joy for Brad Pitt and the life he's living. Yeah. All right. Uh, any further thoughts, Amanda? I think that's really it. Have been thinking a lot about Roland and his scarves. I mean, like I'm going to Google him now. If he doesn't wear scarves, like maybe he should for the fall season. He reminds me of a character who would be in a a novel set in the city of Amsterdam. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but I'm just like, did you ever read The Dinner Party by um, Herman? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminds me of of like he could have been the restaurateur in The Dinner Party or something like that. This is the thing. I think there's like a whole other world going on with Roland that's really interesting. Like he's going to be fine. It's it's all going to be fine. I hope we get to learn more about it. Okay, Um, me too. Amanda, great to talk to you as always. We'll be back next week. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong. But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.